welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I'm excited about today's episode and my guest because I'm totally out of my comfort zone. (laughs) I am what I call a wash and wear woman. I get up every morning to the sound and smell of my coffee maker, then a shower, a few personal products, and I'm on my way. My most focused personal care is choosing my earrings to make sure they go with the clothes of the day. And that said, I do still love that feeling after a haircut when I'm tidied up and feeling good about looking better. My guest today coaches women to embrace their style, energize their closet, assess their body shape, and then combine both the goals they're dressing for and the shape they have to accentuate, and may I quote Johnny Mercer here, accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. When I first talked to Susan about being a guest on podcast, I was thinking it was a good idea because it's an area that I can say nothing intelligent about. But the more I thought about it, having her on podcast this week is pure genius because we've had several weeks of discussion about boomer women changing up their nine to five, whether it's full retirement or moving into entrepreneurship, revitalizing their current job and attitude or moving into freelancing. And what better time to really take stock of self and image and feel like a million bucks with the boost in confidence that gives us just as we embark on changes that are sometimes made more difficult because we aren't the eye candy, and yes, I just used air quotes, we were 30 years ago. All that, plus, many of us are starting to come out of COVID hibernation and want to look like we weren't in lockdown for over a year. We were actually on vacation, an extended vacation at Look Like a Million Bucks Resort. (laughs) So yeah, I'm going with genius having Susan as a guest. And on that note, let's get started. Susan Cox, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. Thank you, Agnes. I'm delighted to be here. It's going to be great. I'm excited about this. Susan, you describe yourself as a confidence creator. Please tell our listeners what that means and what you do when we turn to you for help. Well, what I do with midlife women is that I help them get visible with their style and their confidence. And you cannot have one without the other because I've tried that. And that's the reason I, I came to that title because I, I practice what I preach and I was, I am a midlife woman and it wasn't very pretty. So I've gone through the steps that I teach and, and coach my clients on. So, because I feel that style, style is important, but the most important thing that we can do, especially as, as midlife women is to get our confidence back if we've never had it or redefine confidence in, me, in midlife. For some, it's 
you know, it's, it's not a one size fits all, but when you are confident, no matter what, you're going to feel like a million dollars. So that million bucks club that you were talking about. So I work with women. It's a lot of different things. It's their aspirations, their lifestyle, where they want to be in midlife, you know, what's important to them, what, where they were in the past, because for the first time in our lives, we can talk about our past without people yawning or not thinking it's very important because it is very important where we've been and, and it defines who we are. Yeah, really good point there. Yeah. I'm going to jump right in then with an issue that many of us boomers struggle with. And that's the fact that body parts often aren't where or what they used to be 30 years ago. You know, breasts are neither as firm or perky as they used to be. Bums aren't as cute. And even our skin lets us down with fine lines, age spots, changes in texture. Now, part of me is hoping that we have to accept that part of becoming wise women is a change in the physical. But what else do you suggest? That and you you hit the nail on the head with that, Agnes, because and I think that's at any age, really, if we think back about it with weight um, is basically the code word for that. And I always, in fact, the, this course that I'm launching next month, I talk about why are we waiting and how are we spelling it? W-E-I-G-H-T or W-A-I-T? And why would we want to postpone feeling good, especially in midlife? Because I don't know about you, but this is my last act. And I don't want to use the same old excuses for not feeling good. So there's a way with, and it's separate. It's a separate, it's unraveling limiting beliefs that we were taught long, long decades ago, that only the pretty skinny girls got certain things. And I'm here to debunk that, but the weight is completely separate because I have clients of all shapes and sizes, but if you dress for your body shape and your body type, a lot of that goes away because it, you still have a body and you still have curves and you still have angles. And I help you make sure that they, it looks great so that the weight then maybe can be a secondary issue. Because as I tell my clients, why would you want to feel worse, especially now? So, you know, we always have a choice and a choice to not embrace who you are and your, your lines and your shapes is a choice, but so is, opening your mind to a mindset that's a growth mindset and say, how, you know, how can I even look and feel better than I am right now? Hmm. Okay. Two thoughts here. First of all, is that you are a mind reader because I was going to ask you about weight next, but also in a previous life, I actually had a wellness business. So it was a combination of our eating habits and our movement habits, our activity habits. And my business name was called Why Weight. And I spelled it W-E-I-G-H-T uh-huh. because people always look at that number and that that decides how they operate their day, you know, and, and it's, it's just... Oh, just it's like so sizes. Awesome. I work with people that we sometimes, I've taken sizes out of the clothes. Oh, g- great idea. Well, and yeah. of course... Recently, yeah. well, recently, the last 10, 15, 20 years, it seems that, you know, somebody who used to fit into be slender and they would take a size 10 or a 12, whereas that slender now is size four right. and we're made to, we're made to feel guilty because even if we're not that overweight, that over fat, we're wearing a size 16 or size 18. And it's like, what's wrong? What's with that? That used to be a 12, you know, exactly. so. the vanity sizing. And, and back to your original question where I skipped over and went right to the weight about our aging. 
you know, one of the first things I tell all of my clients is that we all need a kick-ass bra because, you know, you're right. The breasts aren't as, as perky or, or maybe they are depending on if you've elected to have some augmentation or whatever, but that's the first thing. And I'm a big proponent of shapewear when it matters, not the type that's a slingshot where you put it on and you'll never know where you end up once you take it off, but there's ways to, to make that you know, and we are what we are. We're the oldest we've ever been. Right. And I think as we talked about this last week, when we were uh, doing some pre-planning is that middle age, you know, we still have feelings. Women still have feelings and and we want to be our best. And we want, you know, it's still like sitting at the seventh grade lunch table. So there are still, it's how we react to it, but we still want to look good. And, and, you know, I tell a lot of my clients like, don't use that as an excuse because we're older. It's, it's it, reframe that. And yes, we have age spots, but, you know, unless you want to get those surgically removed or you can incorporate them into your style. It's interesting that you bring up bras just because I know when I was younger, and maybe it's generation, my upbringing or whatever, but, you know, bras were personal. And so you would <laughs> go in and you'd fit yourself and you'd leave again. But as I get older now, I go talk to whoever is working in uh, the bra store, and I'm not talking <clears throat> the box store. I won't name names. Um, <laughs> but, you know, to go to a professional and buy good bras. Yeah. I, yeah. For comfort, if, o- if only for comfort yeah. and not for the look of it all. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's key. Yeah. Now, it, it, when we talked about this last week, you mentioned that, you know, some w- women say to you, oh, I'll come talk to you when I've lost 20 pounds. And and what's your response to that? I say, no, you won't. And then they, they either look at me or, you know, kind of are incredulous. And I say, because how long have you wanted to lose that weight? And again, to your point of, you know, why wait? And they're like, oh, well, probably 30 years. I said, so you're still stuck on making a decision and postponing it and nothing's happened. Correct. And they said, yes. And I said, that's why I say you won't work with me, but, and I want women to take that away from the equation, as I've said earlier too, because it's just not, why, why would we want to feel worse? So you've made the decision that you want to lose 30 pounds that hasn't happened and no one's judging you except yourself, but why wouldn't you want to embrace your style? especially in midlife. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we've got enough to worry about without <laughs> just accept it. And let's look like the, the million bucks club. Yeah. Exactly. That's, we should start a club. Exactly. <laughs> we should. For lack of a better word, frump, many women have been homemakers, perhaps on a budget, married a bunch of years to a lovely man who has never complained about her appearance. Maybe he's never noticed. <laughs> And they've relaxed into a bit of a dowdy look. When that woman decides that today is the start of a new look, where do they start? Well, with with me, they would start <laughs> where we, uh, my one-on-one clients, and I'm going to do this in my course as well, where we, we really get to know who they are um, from the inside out. Because a lot of times, and this is going to sound cliche, but it's true, midlife women wake up one day and like, weren't you just 35? And now you're 60? Like what happened? And I again, I speak from experience, because I didn't let midlife in, she was knocking at the door, and I was not going to answer. So what we do is we take, we take into consideration everything that's important 
and what they want to aspire to be. What, what is their style? What do they want the world to know about them through what, what they're going to wear? So we, we go into what their aspirations are, what their lifestyle is, because a lot of my clients have closets full of work clothes that no longer serve them because they're retired or an entrepreneur, or they've stayed at home due to the pandemic. And to really get into that and what they want to become more aware, because what we love matters, and it should be incorporated into how we wear it. And also to figure out what your, unleash your fashion personality your style persona, because it's time that you get to wear what you love and figure out who you are. I'm, I'm really appreciating our conversation. And I'm realizing as we talk that one of the reasons in almost a year now of having guests on, I've, I've actually actively avoided having anything to do with style. And I'm going to use air quotes again, beauty, because you know, I, I had this mindset that it was like somebody's going to say, well, you know, you should brighten up your look, you should get a new hairstyle, you should change your glasses. But all the way the, through the time we've been talking right now, you've been saying, well, you know, we talk, we look at the person, we, and it's, it's more about the individual person, what's inside, mm-hmm. like find out what's inside so that you can reflect that and brighten it up a lot, brighten in very general terms uh, uh, on the outside. Absolutely. So I'm really, thank you. I'm, I'm really appreciating this. So now speaking of Brighton, um, how about color? Some older women look great in brights like pink and red while looking washed out in yellow and whites, but some older women are the opposite. Right. Well, and this is a good point. And what we forget is things change, obviously. So our colors, our, our skin, our inherent colors, our skin, our hair, our, eyes, we should change, we should look, reevaluate that every five to seven years. So what once looked great, and we, you know, looked great in a jewel tone, maybe that's changed now, because maybe you've gone gray. And it looked better with the contrast with the darker hair. So color can be tricky. I've got, um, we remember the time, you know, back in the day when it was color me beautiful, and you were either an autumn, a summer, you know, but I work with women to make sure that the colors that they're choosing work for who they are. So if they can't wear jewel tones anymore against their face, then we incorporate that as an accessory. So maybe it's a purse because they still love what they love or a pair of shoes, but it's not against your skin and, you know, frightening everybody because it doesn't look right. (laughs) And I mean that with love. I, I also have a great sense of humor because I think working with women, you have to. And we have to, we have to have fun doing this. So another tip that I like in, and I try to incorporate into my wardrobe is that I love neutrals for your staple pieces because they're just a wonderful starting point with the palette. And then, you know, through accessories, whether it's, I mean, glasses are a fantastic accessory, love it with the colors. So then we would work around that. And because of the neutrality of the outfit or the stable pieces, you can really have fun with a belt and shoes and, you know, and, and really be tasteful and fun that way. <laughs> okay. I, I have to laugh here because the glasses that I'm currently wearing are cheaters mm-hmm. and I buy them <laughs> bulk at the dollar store mm-hmm. yeah. so that I have six to eight different colored pairs 
of cheaters. <laughs> and when I get dressed in the morning, it's just like, okay, these are the glasses for the day. And if I head out, I make sure those are the ones that go into the purse. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the fact you said glasses. That's great. Now, do women, do you ever have women who love a color or a color combination, but it does nothing for them? Yep, that happens. And again, so what I would do is we would, if it doesn't, because the color, when we talk about color, we're also primarily talking about what is against our face. That's the part that people, so like on the bottom part, that's fine. So we, you know, I would, you could wear that as a skirt, you could wear that color as the pants, or, um, but just not against your face. And, and, and as we're talking about this, I'm going to just interject something that is not a very popular topic with um, women. It's, and I don't believe or agree that women should be wearing black against their face in midlife. Am I ever, am I ever glad I changed before I came? Yes. Out? yes. And I've got, <laughs> I've got, and we can, we can define our new black, but black against our faces diminishes us. It finds every line and every wrinkle and it, it, is it slimming? Yes. It's slimming to the fact that sometimes it makes us invisible. And I, what I challenge your audience to do is what I challenge my clients is that check out the next time you're in person at a meeting or at a zoom meeting, who's the one that's the most confident in the room as a woman, like that you're drawn to. I'm going to guess that she's probably not wearing black, or if she is wearing a black top, she might have accessories that really make that punched up so that it's not against her face. That's super interesting because I I do, especially in the winter, wear black, mm-hmm. and I've never noticed it with the lines so much. But a number of years ago, I had hair down to my butt. It was my signature thing, my whatever. And as soon as I cut it, what I noticed is that all the lines of hair that came down beside my face only emphasized the lines in my face. Uh, as soon as I cut it, I felt so much better. I felt I looked younger, blah, 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 blah. But now next time I put on a black top, I'm going to go and look and I'm going to, I'll try on two tops. That's really interesting. And I do, I, my blog on my website, I have, you know, people where you can take one, take black and then take another color and, and tell me the difference. So I, I really encourage my clients to define a new black. It can be Navy. It can be Brown. It can be eggplant, Hunter green, some of the, you know, but there's, we can have a new black. Well, and when we chatted last week, I think I mentioned to you that I've basically quit wearing makeup because you know, the, the, the black or the really dark Brown eyeliner or mascara, whatever I, it, (laughs) it made me look trashy. Mm-hmm. And I do remember one time going to a conference and thinking, oh, I've got to do something. I have to, you know, look business-like and smart. And talking to a woman in the makeup department and she said, well, no, try try a blue or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still tend to, partly because I'm a wash and wear woman, I don't take the time uh, to wear makeup. But really interesting point to really, does that also, I'm making an assumption here, does that also refer to your makeup? Is getting away from the, the black and going to another shade of well for mascara I think you know that depends but it's also what you do with your eyes and how you and it doesn't have to be a ton of makeup you know I think mm-hmm. that the, the some people there's a misconception it's just a little bit different and how we what we're wearing in midlife because like stay away from powders because again they'll still find every and that's very drying so you want to find a like a I like the BB or CC creams that are out there because it's just enough coverage, but it doesn't look 
gaudy. Mm-hmm. Um, the eyes, you know, shimmery eyeshadows are horrible for hooded eyes. So we're just really kind of putting an arrow to like, look how old I am. So you want to be a little more, again, neutrals are really good, but in, in a non-shimmery and just to be, you know, a little bit mindful about what, what, what is going to look good in less is more definitely with makeup. Yeah. Oh, this is really interesting. I'm really glad I have this on my computer now forever and ever. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to give away one of my own little secrets here. I want to talk shoes. When I was young, working in an office, I will admit I had a shoe wardrobe that a movie star would envy, including several pairs of four-inch stilettos. A couple of years ago, I had one last go at a beautiful pair of really sexy black heels that I was having trouble separating from, and I couldn't even stand up straight in them, uh, let alone walk or be happy in them. Can you talk shoes, beautiful shoes for the mid-aged woman? Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people are, well, I have to have comfort first. Well, I think most of us do. Hmm. Nobody wants to. I mean, you said you couldn't walk straight in those stilettos. I don't recommend stilettos at any age. But right (laughs) now, there are so many great shoes that you can get away. Like the wedge. I love a wedge. And because of the way that they're built constructed you can really they're not they look like they're high heels but the the balance is good so those are comfortable flat shoes I love flats that's part of like what I feel that women should have as part of their staples but they don't have to look geriatric because there's so many um, styles out there that that can really complement an outfit or your foot and you know shoes are still like I you just like lit up when you were talking about shoes (laughs) I don't know that we need as many shoes as we think we do because as, as I tell my husband, who's a downhill skier and has about 15 pairs of ski, we only have two legs, two feet, right? So I, I like a variety depending on where you live, but I think booties are wonderful. Love booties. Those can really make a big difference with women, but to just kind of maybe shift the mindset that, and if you like a heel, that's fine too. But if you have several pairs of really good shoes. Like I'm a big proponent of investing in that, that where I think you should spend some of your money. You can still get away with that and maybe not have them in every single color, but be strategic. And that's what I help with. You've just reminded me that I also have (laughs) currently and actively wear probably about five different pairs of walking slash running shoes. I I was a fitness instructor for a long time. So I always had really good runners or cross trainers or something. But then I started getting into a like a tennis shoe, only different colors, different styles. So, hmm. Okay. I'm learning something about myself here. (laughs) So two things I want to talk about before we even begin to close. The first is fairly straightforward. Closets my goodness, like I think we all sort of know what our closet looks like. How do we organize them and what do we get rid of? Now, if you just mentioned, you know, like if you were, you're retired and you have all these office clothes, like obviously those don't serve you anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, what women do, and I use that my Fiercely 50-ish formula that will, is part, again, this course that I'm launching and when, when, I, when I work with one-on-one. So closets, we don't start out with closets, but I do help you with to energize your closet. It's at a certain point after we've gone through certain exercises. I will tell you though, that our closets should be our sanctuary. We should not have 
panic or anxiety whenever we walk or open our closet doors because that's where your style flourishes and that's where she grows. So as far as, and when I was guilty of this too, I would hold on to things for sentimental reasons or that by God, I was going to get back into that. You know, I wore that 30 years ago. So these clothes are hanging there. And every time we walk in there, they're judging, we're letting them judge us. It's almost like, um, I don't know if you remember the Wizard of Oz, but the, the that horrible forest of really mean trees that would snap oh, right. people, Dorothy and the scarecrow and scared him to death. And that's what I think of when we do that with our clothes that no longer serve us. So it's emotional for women and, and it's, it's sentimental. So to make sure that we get rid of that in our closet, because nobody needs judgment. We don't wear the judgment of ourselves, nor do we wear the judgment of others. So that's kind of a big deal, especially when women don't want to get rid of it. And so we go into, because we, it's precious real estate and we only want clothes that we love and love us back in our closets. So that's a whole new concept for a lot of my clients. Um, as far as organizing, I don't have a tried and true method because I am not an I am not a closet organizer. What I suggest to all my clients, what's sustainable? If you want it by color, by category, or whatever works for you, because that's what's going to work, obviously. But the most important thing is to make sure that everything you have in your closet fits and that you love it. And it loves you back. So that's a real, it's a different, I think, perspective than a lot of women are thinking. Because most of us, our whole lives have cleaned out our closet at least once a year or maybe twice a year. And we clean it out really having no idea what our body shape is. So we throw clothes away that maybe we shouldn't. And then fill it up again with clothes that don't. And then we repeat this cycle for decades and wonder why we don't have anything to wear. So that's why I said the closet is probably the third step in my program. Hmm. Okay. And, and part of, I had ulterior motives partly for asking <laughs> you that question. No, no, because I have an elderly friend who's blind and she keeps on saying to me, Agnes, you've got to come in and help me organize my closet because some days I like, I don't know if I'm putting on something clean. I don't know if it matches, mm-hmm. but even just going through piece by piece and making sure she loves it mm-hmm. and that it fits her is probably a really good place to start. And then we can figure out the details after that. Yeah, And, and as long as it fits your current lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's quite elderly. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but that's important too, to take that into account too. on what, yeah. you know, in, in your climate, a lot of people have clothes that maybe they've moved and they've, they've taken it with them and they used to live in where it snows and now they live where it doesn't. So why do you still have a parka <laughs> or, and regift that, you know, we, we put that to charities or other fear, you know, future fiercely 50 ish women is what I say. Oh, right. No, good. Yeah. 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 And I have a couple of favorite charities here that I love to. And actually, you know, just to digress a wee bit here, because you said, for example, if, if a woman's retired now and has a whole bunch of office clothes, if any of those office clothes are even remotely still current, shall we say, mm-hmm. I know that we have a local charity here that helps underprivileged, very low income women. Yep 
get into the workforce. Yes. yes. And if they get an office job, they can't afford the clothes to go with that. So they don't take the job. Mm -hmm. But this charity helps them then dress for that job that they they can do and need because it pays them then a livable income. So yeah. Yeah. You're you're paying it forward. That's what I say. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I'm hoping you can address today, and this is not really related to a lot of stuff that we've been talking about, relationships. Earlier, I mentioned the woman who's been married a long time. Both her and her husband have relaxed, shall we say, their style. If this wife really wants to brighten up her look, how she feels about herself, how does she handle the conversation when her husband notices and thinks she's having an affair? (laughs) Now, Now, I'm making light of this, but she does want to feel great. She also loves her husband the way he is, but he feels nervous or threatened with the change. Now, hopefully he will say something, but but how does she handle that conversation? Do you ever address that sort of thing? Well, I've had clients that were like, well, I wonder what my husband's going to think. And I said, let's let's concentrate on what you're going to think and you're going to feel. And, it, you know, you bring up such a good point, Agnes, too, because for you've married for a long time and we get in these roles. I have a client right now that, well, all I've been is a mom. Well, that's not all you've been. I mean, that's a wonderful, but now it's time for women to put themselves ahead of everything else because for so long there were, again, it sounds cliche, but it's true. Competing priorities of raising your family carving out a career, helping, whatever it is, whatever it is. And so the inclination of most women, especially in midlife are, I don't need to do that, or it's too overwhelming, or what will, what will my husband think? So what I do is to make sure that again, when I told you about when, when women work with me, we go from the inside out so they can share that journey with their husbands, if they would like, and just say, honey, I'm, I'm going to change up my look. I am not cheating. I am not stepping out. I am doing this for myself because it's time and I want to feel good. And I hope you'll support me. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I I used to have that conversation with women if they were losing weight Mm -hmm. because they were getting healthier, Yes, you know, and the fact that I need to do this for myself doesn't change the marriage, doesn't change a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, as you said, your words, I realized that it was just a couple of months ago that I was on a conference call. It was a business call and they were talking about a fellow wanted to start a business and his wife was, I don't, I don't know about this, but, and he was advised to say, this is something that's very close to my heart and I really want to do this, let's set parameters, but I would really, really appreciate your support. You know, so in many different ways, that communication of my needs, our needs make me happy kind of thing, you know. Exactly. Like and you never know what the what the response will be. But if you never ask or never tell, it's always the answer is going to always be no. And you know, I'm not yeah. saying you have to ask permission, but it would be helpful just to explain why. Ask for cooperation. You know, yeah. that that's fair. Yeah. And I've had some clients whose husbands, I don't work with men, but that some, then they've taken more um, attention to their look. Hmm. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> You'll have women flocking to you just yeah. for that reason alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too, because I know in my non-podcast life, one of the things I talk about on my website is the fact that women by, by 60, 65, they are 
wives, their mothers, their daughters, their employees, they, you know, like all those different roles, maybe girl guide leader. And, and they have forgotten who they are, who they were, who they wanted to be. And to really look at that and reclaim it as we reach those years where. Because <laughs> every single day, Agnes, we get to decide how we want to feel simply by what we put on, how we get dressed. Hmm. So I'll be taking a little bit longer tomorrow morning. <laughs> Is there anything I haven't asked you that we haven't addressed that you want boomer women to know or to think about? I just want them to know that they are relevant, they are needed, and they are necessary. We are not invisible. This is the best really time. I, I, I think it's the best time of my life, and I want it to be for everyone else. And it's just embracing it, and it, it gives us something else to think about for you know, just to, how to reframe, you know, we don't have to, we're not a prisoner of our, our own body. We, we have the choice to not be and not to have to wear sweats. As we talked about that last week, um, you know, who said the pandemic, I don't know where that announcement was. You can now wear sweats for the next 16 months. I didn't say it, it wasn't in the paper. So, but it's fun because once you get into finding out who you are and letting all of that in your possibilities are limitless. Just on a personal note, <laughs> uh, my daughter and her family live upstairs, and she starts work at seven in the morning at home. Mm-hmm. So it's not unusual for her to roll out of bed, grab something to eat, and sit down at her desk. And I've grown used to that. She's my daughter. And whenever I see her <laughs> dressed nicely, my first thing is, oh, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Uh, that's... <laughs> it's just a mindset. It's a mindset change too that, you know, and it's not like you're going to go right, but it, especially the pandemic was not helpful in that area, but it, and it, and other times it was, cause I've had clients that I've said, I've taken this time. I don't want it to feel like I did during, you know, all of that. And I, it's time that I address my style. So. Yeah. yeah. So like we started, this is such good timing, such great thoughts great advice today. Let's talk about you for a moment. For the listener who is saying, I need Susan Cox in my life right now, or the interview podcast host that's saying, I need Susan Cox in my life right now. What sort of coaching do you offer? I do one-on-one coaching, and that is virtual. Virtual really blew up, obviously, during the pandemic, unless you're within a 100-mile radius of where I live in South Bend, Indiana. But what I do is a virtual style assessment. That's part of the program where we basically what I talked about and get information um, on your aspirations, delve more into what what it is you want to accomplish. And then we uh, go into your body shape and type. And then from there, I educate them. And then we do the energize your closet from that as well. Mm -hmm. And then um, another option is that I'm launching uh, six weeks to your style reimagined that starts October 4th, and that's going to be online. And that's going to be uh, a lot of what I've just talked about with a a lot more detail. We're going to have group coaching, and um, it's just going to be a lot of fun. I can see that being a lot of fun because, especially in a small group, it's like you can relax enough to sort of Mm -hmm. laugh about yourself a little bit. And and everybody's in the same boat. Absolutely. And I that's what I want, you know, because I want a sense of community. And um, I also have a, a huge Facebook 
private group that people would might, might enjoy too called Mid- Midlife Women Leave- Living Fiercely 50-ish. It's a mouthful. <laughs> I have a website, fiercely50ish.com. And I'm on Instagram at fiercely50ish. Hmm, okay. I will get all those links from you uh, okay. after after we hang up here. And, uh, and those will be uh, for our listeners. Those will all be in the show notes as usual. Listeners, I hope you've gotten as much out of this interview as I have. You're listening to this conversation, but I can see Susan as we chat. And trust me, she walks the talk. Speaking of the Million Bucks Club, I just nominated her for presidency. (laughs) I do encourage you to click the links in the show notes and get to know her. If you have comments on today's episode, please leave them where you listen to podcasts, or you can go to twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash the dash conversation. And of course, feel free to leave stars. It does help us grow. If you want to be a guest on the Two Boomer Women podcast or know someone who would make a great guest, there's an application form at the website too, and I'll add that link to the show notes as well. I'm also still looking for male guests with a message for our demographic. Did I say demographic? Demographic. Several months ago, I started Manly Monday, once a month. But finding men is proving a little more difficult than I realize. (laughs) So if you know somebody, that's great. Thanks for tuning in today. And Susan, thank you so much for coming on podcast. It's, it's been great because as I mentioned, I've, so I hesitated to, to find a you to come on and you've just blown my greatest expectations out of the water. Mm-hmm. I just really appreciate the fact that, you know, it, it's, it's about the person first and then take it from there. So I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Agnes. This has been wonderful. I really, I, I've had a blast. Me too. <laughs> Have a great rest of the week. Thank you.